Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwood, I'll join by Greg Crone. Gregory, what's going on? Uh, Chris, sports, 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 all up in your face and nothing <laughs> but drama, nothing, nothing but drama. Well, look, we're going to we're gonna avoid the trap falls of uh, complaining about what's going on in Philadelphia sports until at least the end of the show is my goal here. At least the oh. end of the show so that we don't turn everybody off immediately. Uh, I'm more talking about just the NFL as a whole. Really? I, I've, I've begun ignoring my entire team. Uh, there are a waste of everyone's time and emotions. A uh, little, little breaking news as this is going on. It turns out um, former Dallas Cowboy wide receiver, current Ravens wide receiver, was just pulled off the field in warm-ups for having a positive COVID-19 test. Oh, boy. Very interesting development. That well, is wild. Yeah, that is really interesting. I mean, obviously, this is not so fascinating for people to listen to us talk about because we're going to be speculating information that they already have by the time they hear this. Sure. But <laughs> but how do you deal with contact tracing at this point? Like anybody who was near him in warmups should have to be pulled off the field. Yeah, that's pretty much what I would imagine has to happen. Be very interesting to see what goes down. And I'm guessing that that's not going to happen. By the way, like, how weird is it that it's, you know, Tuesday, fo- Tuesday at 4:40 here, and uh, you know, there's an NFL game that's about to start. It's very, very bizarre. It's a, the the I, I like it. Like I loved two Monday night games. Like yeah. that was like the the I, I always stay up for the second one when they yeah they always do it the first week of the season and it's always like a weird West Coast game. Berman used to call them. Um, I'd always stay up for it, but eventually it would just be too late. It's like 1 a.m. and it's the third quarter, and you're like, I, I need to go to bed. This is, this yeah. is bizarre. Um, but the, the, the weird afternoon, like 5 o'clock start, was, it was prime yesterday. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. 2 o'clock start here, which was... Uh, Even weirder. Yeah, it, it was bizarre. Your classic 2 o'clock Monday night game, your classic 5 p.m. Tuesday game <laughs> going on right now. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking for this information. Are we? Oh, Des. It was Des Bryant we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Des Des Bryant. Not only was he, he. Okay, so I, I guess everybody knows this, but Des Bryant tested positive for coronavirus. This isn't mm-hmm. even just he's a close contact pool. He in fact tested positive and was pulled during warmups. So, huh? Wild scenario. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting because how in the world was he not close to other players leading up to this? Almost the entire team. I mean, almost the entire team. And like, yeah, you know, I, I had to, I had this wrong in my head. I was looking for a cowboy, but it was like you said, former cowboy Des Bryant. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I don't. It's it's tough to feel bad for Des Bryant. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about football later on in the show. I've got the, the Bavada Sportsbook lines here. We're going to go over that, talk about all the interesting games. And I don't want to dig too much into this at the top, but uh, it, it does kind of stink for Dez because like this was not only yeah. his comeback game, but his comeback game against his former team. The team that gave up on him. So it, it's... It really is sort of a bummer just overall for him, but uh, it's good to see that he's able to get back in the league. <laughs> Yeah, congrats. It was a a weird path to get back in this bizarre season, but there you go. It was the the Saints move, ruptured Achilles, and then now this. I need to know what's going like what's going to happen here. I'm just I'm so fascinated by what's going to happen in the next 20 minutes. (laughs) Completely throwing off anything. And everything where we were headed for the show. <laughs> I know. I, I planned. I, I, it's so rare that I have a, a clear t- plan for what I want to talk about. I've been trying to get stuff done ahead of time. I've been, you know, I've been preparing. I've got all the, the line up here. And then Des Bryant tests positive for coronavirus and they pull him off the field while he's on the field getting ready for a Tuesday night game. But that's what everyone says. 
Greg, anything can happen on Tuesday night. I mean, honestly, that is it really, it really is waiting all day for Tuesday night. Waiting all day for Tuesday night. Uh, not waiting all day, by the way, apropos of nothing, but I'm just looking at Twitter here. Apple announced their uh, AirPod Max, and uh, they cost more. It's just, it's just headphones. It's just wireless headphones. And they cost more than either the uh, PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X consoles. Dude, so I saw this. Uh, being a former uh, star sales rep in the mobile f- telephone industry and sure. mediocre manager, mm-hmm. um, I I saw this price tag and I was floored. Mm. Floored. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I use AirPods. I use AirPods all the time. But I'm not paying $600 or so, almost $600 for over-the-ear headphones. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's wild to me. And yeah. to, to be somebody who would try to sell something like that is, I don't even know how you approach that. Like, there's there's so many better options, even from an audio quality standpoint. I didn't dig deep into the specs, but I saw former coworkers of mine kind of dipping in uh, to this when this was announced on social media, and it's like they're not even as good as some, uh, some of the the headphones that are priced like a hundred and fifty plus dollars cheaper. Oh, more than that, more than that. Yeah. I've I'm wearing a pair of uh, Bose Quiet Comfort wireless headphones right now, and I think they were I think they were three when we bought them, and I think you might, can get them for two fifty now. I'll take them over the $600, and honestly, more with tax, $600 AirPod Maxes, although we would be willing to advertise the AirPod Max on the show if uh, if Apple was kind enough to send us a couple. Get Tim Cook on the line. I can convince him. I was a master accessory salesman. I'm ready. All right. Let's go right to Tim Cook now. <laughs> no, I'm told. Oh, he's on the line? I'm told, I'm told we don't have Tim Cook. <laughs> All right. Maybe next time. Uh, let's let's get back on track here. Enough Apple i <laughs> AirPod Max. Enough enough Des Bryant talk. Let's talk about the real big news of the week, Gregory, and that is the fact that the NBA season is already starting back up. Preseason games kick off on Friday. On Friday, it feels like the Lakers just won the championship. I mean, they did. It ended in like mid October. This is <laughs> the the turnaround is so insane to me. And then you're already seeing teams with positive tests. Like, it's going to be a slog to get through these first like couple of weeks into the season. I don't picture us looking at really like solid, good basketball mm-hmm. until somewhere in the February March range. I think there is going to be a, one a very big bubble hangover for a lot of these teams, um, especially the ones that went deep into the like deep into the playoffs. And it's it's to ask these guys to turn around this quickly is is wild to me. Yeah, I, I don't have such a big problem with the quick turnaround, given they were given more than an off season's time off in the middle of the season. I think we're making a little bit too much of these guys getting right back at it when they had three and a half months off. But yeah, it's it's interesting, and I do wonder if. I I wonder if the beginning of the season is going to be a little bit better than it usually is just because, yeah, these guys pl- were playing two months ago. Well, you do kind of wonder... What Ex- the- except for those teams that have been off for nine months. Well, that's what I, that, that was my next point, is what, what are those teams going to look like? Yeah. The, the, the Charlotte Hornets of the, the NBA. Like, these teams are going to be in rough, rough shape. I, I mean, I can't envision... Uh, them being anywhere near sharp enough to to go in there and actually compete. That's so much time off from competitive basketball. And I know a lot of these guys play pickup and, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. But some of that stuff's been kind of limited, I'd have to imagine. Uh, less but, so than you would think, and less so that's probably good for our country. Yeah, well, what can you do? <laughs> uh, it's it, To me, it's going to be really... Uh, I'm I'm happy that the NBA is going to be back, but there's so many storylines going into it with with the teams basically having different sets of off seasons. Like mm-hmm. that's very it's a very weird it's going to be like we thought last season was weird with the stoppage and then the bubble and all that fun stuff. This season's going to be just as weird if not weirder with we only know half the schedule. Some right. teams like you said have been off for 9 months. It's it's going to be f- fantastic. 
I guess it's worth pointing out that the quote unquote delete eight did have the option of their own mini bubbles to sort of uh, get the guys reacclimated, but not everyone took advantage of it. It really wasn't the same thing. You weren't complaining. Uh, you weren't actually playing other teams. I tell you, you talked about the Hornets. I'm looking at the Bavada odds right in front of me right now, and plus twenty five thousand. It's kind of interesting for them because you're right. Probably going to start off slowly, uh, but. You know, you add LaMelo, who I think is at least going to be a serviceable NBA player. You add Gordon Hayward, who I think is going to have a giant bounce back year now that he's going to have a bigger role outside of being miscast in that Boston offense, which is weird because he was playing for his college coach. Um, I actually like, I really like this Hornets team. I don't know if I'm putting money down on them to win the NBA finals at plus 25,000, but I do think they're going to surprise people and it's going to be an interesting team. Uh, Yeah, I mean... A lot of people killed the the Hornets for the Gordon Hayward thing, but I do kind of agree with you. In a role where he flourished with the Jazz, he was like their go-to guy almost. I mean, obviously you had Gobert for a part of that, but it Hayward was their leader, right? And he was the guy the offense sort of ran through. Then you go to Boston and you're essentially like, by the time he got back from injury, he was at best the fourth option, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he fit that well in that. It just based on how his game works. So I will, I will be interested to see what he can do um, with Charlotte. But Charlotte's always weird because you have like uh, Terry Rozier, right? He's there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would think he settles back into a six-man role because Devonte Graham fits better with Lamelo. But who knows? Yeah, you're paying him a lot of money to be a sixth man, though. I don't know. Yeah. The NBA is weird. Everybody makes a ton of money. So, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I plus twenty five thousand is almost worth. Like, just let's <laughs> just take a long shot here. See what we can get going. Yeah, I'm, I'm only gonna bet ten thousand on this. Uh, hey, listen, that's I can't even do the math. That's that much profit. That's what two point five million. Probably. I think so. Right, hundred gets you twenty five. So a thousand gets you two fifty. Yeah, two point five yeah. million. All right. Well, I mean, a lot fine. of that's going to go to taxes, and that's annoying. But <laughs> uh, still, go How Hornets. Dare they? Go Hornets. <laughs> I'm looking at Twitter right now. It's I don't know. I, I don't want to say comforting because this kind of thing shouldn't be tolerated anywhere. But I'm happy that it's happening somewhere outside of America. Uh, there's quite a little incident playing out in the Champions League right now. PSG in Istanbul. Oh boy. Basaktier, Basakteri. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll let you try it. I'm going Basakseir. Uh, the they both teams have walked off the field mid-match following a uh, a racist comment made by one of the officials. Yeah, talk about making the game about yourself. Um, <laughs> very. I I really I didn't dive too deep into it, but I did see the Twitter headline. That's a bizarre situation. The the one thing like. That is uh, the unfortunate nature of some of the soccer that kind of gets not swept under the rug, but it, it like these incidents pop up far too frequently. Yeah. Uh, normally it's fan related, not typically right. the guy refing the game. Um, <laughs> you like to think not. Yeah. It's, it's just, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's, that's actually really, really crazy that that would happen. Man, and there's just so much weird stuff going on in real time, and we don't usually have this when we're <laughs> recording. What with Des Bryant, with this stuff in the Champions League, this is this is a nuts kind of show. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about the teams at the top of the odds list here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some of the favorites, and uh, you give me your thoughts. Is it is it a worthwhile wager? Uh, would you stay away from them? Whatever. Start with the favorites. Made a bunch of moves this offseason. The Lakers are the favorites at Bavada plus 210. I mean, the Lakers seemingly got better, Yeah, right? They they kept Anthony Davis, obviously. LeBron's still there, aging LeBron, but we'll see what happens. Mm. Um, And and then you you have the guys that they added. They retooled and somehow got better. They got rid of guys like Danny Green. JaVale McGee's no longer there. Like, they, Dwight Howard's gone. It's... They they've sort of revamped a team that was already very very good. Uh, plus two ten, almost seems like it's too much, but or too high uh, for how good I think this team can be again. And you're talking about the guys they brought back with KCP, like they 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 have a real shot here at 
at repeating, and it wouldn't be surprising in any way. Yeah, I think the only thing that's really surprising about what they did is LeBron and AD locked themselves into long-term deals, and I don't think we saw that coming because there was a lot of talk they wanted to maintain cap flexibility to add another big player in that 2021 offseason. You know, Giannis has been mentioned time and time again. Obviously, it seems Giannis is probably going to sign the Supermax with Milwaukee, but right now they've got $106 million in salaries for eight-ish players on the, on the books for next season. So this will not be a team that has any flexibility at all. And I'm a little bit surprised by that. Well, I heard the rumor LeBron locked into the contract that he did is because it ends. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, exactly it, right. Exactly. It ends right when Bronny's coming out in the draft. Theoretically. So, it's worth pointing sure. out theoretically because we don't know for sure that the prep to pro will be back into the draft by then. But that would be pro- the first year it would likely to be back. Doug, if you don't think LeBron's making that making that that decision for the NBA, you've got to be kidding yourself. LeBron <laughs> is the NBA. He's the face of the NBA. He's going to be in Space Jam 2. Like, he stars it, in Space Jam 2, coming true. to HBO Max. I thought maybe it would just be, he'd be like the, the Larry Johnson character uh, in Space Jam 2 while the head of the team is Kyrie Irving. Do not besmirch LJ. Although Kyrie no. Irving definitely, if he was in the movie, he definitely thinks he's the star of the movie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, it's, Space Jam 2 is going to be so bad. It right? is. Like, absolutely. It's going to be really bad. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, unpopular opinion here, Space Jam's also kind of bad, but from a, nosta- oh. from a nostalgia perspective, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> As an overall movie, uh-huh. yes, Space Jam, probably not the best. It's not even good. However, nostalgia-wise, it's an amazing watch. You have sure. youngish Larry Bird. Uh, you get Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. You get Newman from Seinfeld. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, who doesn't like a nice Stan Podolak reference? I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> I actually, it is funny because uh, Philly Crone is... Just getting to that age where, like, Space Jam, she, like, can't, she, like, kind of gets, like, uh-huh. like who the Looney Tunes are. And I threw it on the other day, and it was, like, the real-life parts where it's, like, Michael Jordan's kids are, like, helping Bugs and Daffy get his UNC shorts because he has to wear them mm. underneath his regular shorts. And she's, like, what? She's, like, mad. She's, like, looking at me, like, what? Why did you change the channel? I'm, like, no, 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 no. Like, Bugs, <laughs> Bugs and Daffy are still there. Like, we're going back to the cartoon world here in a second. Uh so it is. It is very funny, like to just see her reaction to that. That is a, by the way, a child that I would not want to cross. So I understand oh, no, that that, no. that you're you're walking on eggshells here. Twenty four seven. I mean, when I always I always kind of scoffed off the two to three age. Oh, everybody's like, oh, terrible twos, but even worse threes. I don't even have a good like TT thing for mm-hmm. for, for threes. It is. It's like a flip of a light switch. How much crazier and more intense a three-year-old is than a two-year-old? Because like they can just fully communicate with you, and they're just like, "Nah, we're not doing any of this." Like, <laughs> you want me to take a bath? I I don't think so. That's definitely not going to happen. And then you're basically trapped inside your house, theoretically, uh, based on the the current pandemic situation and mm-hmm. it's like oh i'm just there a pandemic? you're just gonna you're just gonna dictate everything to me over the next whatever long however long we're home for for 24 7 so that, sure. it's it's fun <laughs> it sounds fun by the way something uh interesting right there you referred to her as philly crone is this commonplace or is this just something you're doing for me oh, i did it for you but okay, we do yeah. i like i i call her a whole bunch of different things it just happened to be on the show she's been referenced as that a bunch mm-hmm. so I figured I could differentiate. Well, I well, I respect that. Matt, you know, <laughs> when when she was born and Matt told me what her name was, he he told me that he was going to refer to her as Philly Crone. Mm. Not something that's, you know, happened, but it's the only <laughs> thing I refer to her as. So it's <laughs> you know, and I I would imagine I'll more likely than not be back in Pennsylvania at some point soon and I will refer to her as Philly Crone for her entire life. That that sounds good to me. I'm now, I'll make a catch on now. I'll start doing it every day. So when you say it, she won't be like, who? Who's what? this idiot? And why is he here again? <laughs> Listen, Shut we're 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 mouth. on the we're on the back deck recording a podcast, Phil. Go inside. We don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, like as in as if the audio snob in me would ever allow that to happen. <laughs> Dude, you, you couldn't uh, my, my backyard, it's just, I feel like it's always just so windy just in general now, but the backyard has like a weird wind tunnel. I don't get it. 
It would be bad. Well, we can talk over the acoustics of podcast recording a little bit later. Let's hit the uh, <laughs> let's hit the second favorite here, and this one's interesting. I feel like this one is designed to maybe uh, I don't, I don't want to say uh, separate a fool and his money, but maybe the case the Brooklyn Nets plus five twenty five at Bavada. They're too unknown. Mm-hmm. They're too unknown. You don't know how the pieces are going to fit. You just look at the top team. You look at or the top guys. You look at KD and you look at Kyrie, and then you just go, well, those are two superstars. They could probably win. And the casual fan out there is mo- most certainly going to see, ooh, plus 525, I am in. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's, let's make some money. I don't know. And I'd be even more afraid with this current James Harden situation. Like, you can look at that one of two ways. If they get him, plus 525 is an unreal value for, for something sure. that's surely going to plummet. If they don't get him and you are still staring at, I guess, their third best player is Karis LeVert, you, you don't know how he fits with KD. Uh, shots fired don't. at Joe Harris, by the way. I'm fine. Joe Harris too. That's that's more than more than a good enough comparison for a guy who's potentially their third best player. Olympic it's, team Joe Harris. <laughs> Olympic team tryout Joe Harris. I think Joe uh, Harris made the Olympic team in 2016. Really? I can't. I maybe men's basketball team. I'm gonna check this out right now. I feel really good about it. I feel really good I feel that he like was on that I team. I feel like you're saying this because we had that conversation maybe two months ago about the Olympic teams, and he was on the tryout list for next year. Greg, look, I can't say I was wrong because that <laughs> wouldn't be accurate. I'm just going to say that maybe I misspoke and that Joe Harris did not make. Was he, Maybe he was on the FIBA team. Was that, that what we Could getting? be the FIBA team. The FIBA team sounds right. All right. Well, what are you going to do? Michael Carter-Williams also was an early candidate for this 2016 team. How the times have changed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just you, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. James Harden is sort of the anvil hanging above all of us here with this because he changes the dynamics so significantly of any team he's added to that it, it's almost it's almost foolish to put your money on anyone but Milwaukee, maybe. Uh, before we know what happens to James Harden. And by the way, Milwaukee is the next team in terms of the favorites for the championship. The the number two team in the Eastern Conference behind the Brooklyn Nets, the Bucks plus 600 at Bavada. That's crazy. Yes. It's crazy to me that they're below the Nets. Milwaukee was so good. We I, I, I mentioned it last week or two weeks ago. I think people discount how good Milwaukee was last year. Yeah. Because of the season and how it ended. They were put in a nearly impossible situation. If the situation with a police officer happens in any other city, and it's not Milwaukee, there's less of all the the focus and the issues and and them being conflicted about playing and Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Like, that, that doesn't affect them the way that it certainly did. It had to be weighing on them. I mean, they boycotted a game and we're on the phone with the governor of the state in the yeah. locker room like like there's no way they were fully focused on playing basketball and probably as they shouldn't have been you know what i mean right like you you can't fault them for for watching their home i mean i guarantee a lot of those guys at least have some sort of residence in that surrounding area basically going crazy so it's to me it's disrespectful, number one, to have yeah. them below Brooklyn because Katie's coming off an Achilles. You never know what he's going to look like until you actually see him play. Mm-hmm. And and Milwaukee did everything they possibly could outside of the Bogdan trade. Well, they to, did it. Yeah. They just well, didn't. They didn't manage to complete it because their tampering was uh, was brought to light by Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, a little too loud on the tamper. If you're going to tamper, you got to lightly tamper. Can't can't go heavy tamp. Can I tell you what this reminds me of? This reminds me of a long time ago when Stephen A. Smith ruined the Philadelphia 76ers. Hmm. Back in the day, the 76ers had a deal with the Toronto Raptors where they were going to send Larry Hughes in a first-round pick to the Raptors. The teams agreed, but before it was officially announced, Stephen A. Smith got word of it. He started talking about how terrible a deal was. The Raptors ended up backing out, and Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady would never be paired with Allen Iverson. 
it's one of those things that haunts me, like legitimately to this day. For sure. I I can't believe we got that close to T Mac. It was it done. Was done. And that pairing now, two very ball dominant guys. So it would have Definitely. been interesting to see how those two mesh together. But, but but Iverson was also okay playing off the ball to Eric Snow. I can't imagine that he wouldn't be okay playing off the ball to McGrady. Yeah, sure. I could see some ego situations getting getting thrown out uh, during that. But man, you want to talk about a, a, in a time where the NBA was not three stars on a team focused, mm-hmm. that would have been a duo for the absolute ages. Agreed. That would have been so much fun, but you know, didn't well, happen. And uh, McGrady became a Hall of Famer elsewhere. Well, yeah, and and like you had McGrady and Vince Carter in Toronto. But McGrady was so young at that point that, yeah. like, you know, he wasn't the McGrady that we eventually got in Orlando or Houston. Um, but he could have grown into that here with an already established team. Uh, it's it's one of those what ifs that you you must never get over. You're right that he wasn't that player just yet, but he was also still a pretty darn good player. I mean, he was. At 21 years old, in his fourth season in the NBA, it was his first All-Star year. He averaged 26.8 points per game. A lot of Eastern Conference Championship banners hanging in the Wells Fargo Center if that goes through. (sighs) Things would have been different for sure, but it didn't happen. Let's talk about the last team that's sub-1,000 in terms of the odds. That's the Los Angeles Clippers. They make some changes to the roster, too. They add Serge Ibaka. Uh, They get rid of uh, Montrezl Harrell. And uh, a couple other players. What do you think about the Clippers plus seven hundred at Pavada? I think it's I think it's fool's gold here. I don't. Really? Or maybe I use that wrong. I, <laughs> I I don't I don't like the Clippers. And and maybe it's recency bias. Maybe it's watching their very very unassuming uh, presence in the playoffs last year. They just they were mediocre when it came to crunch time. And you don't expect that from a team with Kawhi Leonard Mm -hmm. based off what we saw where Kawhi dragged, dragged is probably a little bit exaggerated, but took that Toronto Raptors team over the edge and took them to the NBA championship the year before you had to assume that that was going to be a realistic possibility. And they got in the playoffs and they folded Uh, Paul George just absolutely disappeared in the playoffs as per usual. Um, you know, I, I think losing Harrell probably hurts them more than Serge Ibaka coming on helps them. So that's that's uh, you know I, I don't know if that gets them better, but I also think they have a chem- they have a chemistry issue. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they just have they have a it doesn't mesh well issue. Then I don't know if they've really done enough to fix that going into this season. I just I, I would stay away from the Clippers in, in this case. Yeah, I saw the funny comment from Doc uh, the other day because Paul George kind of took some shots at Doc Rivers saying that he wasn't fit in his offense, that Doc basically wanted him to be, you know, J.J. Redick or someone like that. And Doc basically came out and said, well, I don't know how much it's going to be changing because Ty Lue was sitting right next to me on the bench when we played you like that. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Not good at all. Like Paul George is just—he comes off. Paul George is one of those guys who is never willing to accept responsibility that he didn't play well and that he didn't play well because of his own fault. And it's just—it's just over it at this point. Well, it's the whole playoff P thing. It's what he did in uh, Oklahoma City the year before with Russ, and it was like, dog, you 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 got clowned out of the postseason that year. Uh, like it was just, it's at a certain point, like you said, you kind of have to accept the fact that maybe just maybe a little bit was your fault. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think we're, we're ever going to get that just yet. Uh, I think you could have left out the just yet. I don't think we're <laughs> ever going to get that. doesn't seem like he's introspective and willing to res- accept responsibility. Does uh, does old PG 13? No, not even a little bit. Uh, and how about did you see uh, did you see the the post about how Kawhi quote unquote recruited Serge Ibaka? I mean, recruited how? Like it's in, in the it's it, the most classic Kawhi way possible. In the absolute <laughs> most classic uh, Kawhi way possible, he said 
here I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull this so I don't misquote it. Kawhi sent a text to to uh what's his face to Abaka, and he said the text simply said, "Hey, what's up?" Question mark Are you coming or no? Question mark. <laughs> it is very Kawhi, very very Kawhi, quirky Kawhi. It's just. I, I think I you're. I, I like alliteration as much as the next person, but I don't know that I would define Kawhi as quirky. Well, he's just like he just does like weird stuff that other NBA players yeah. don't do. I, I don't know. He's a fun I, guy. I, he said so. Oh, yeah, he seems it. Um, <laughs> I just don't think like I wasn't Serge Ibaka like done after the OKC team. Like I know he was on the Raptors team that won the title, but like he wasn't. He wasn't like the reason they won like that he wasn't the reason they won no but i do think you're underrating serge Ibaka right now i think he's he's a really useful stretch five he's only going to be 31 next year shot 38 percent from three last year uh 36 couple years before that 39 before that i think he's any block shots i think he's a really useful stretch five for uh, especially for that lakers team you could have told me that Serge Ibaka was 37 years old, and I'd have been like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, that's fair. I feel like he's—I feel like he's been in the league forever. Um, twelve seasons. Yeah, twelve that seasons, and he is going to be 31 years old. So, oh, man, that's wild. I didn't—I did not think 31. No, no. I mean, you know, and also, I mean, he is—he's uh, an international player, so. You never know a thousand percent if it's a if it's a thousand percent correct in terms of the age. God knows no one thinks Dikembe Mutombo was his listed age, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Abaka doesn't look that old, so I I buy, I buy it. Born born Serge Jonas Abaka and Bo and Boile. <laughs> I must go with that. I must go with that as on the jersey than Abaka. Just all of it. Yeah, just throw it all on there. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I know there's some uh, some intricacies when it comes to the last names there, so I'm not sure how they do that. But I like it. I, I like the Ibaka signing. But uh, let's let's turn our attentions here to some interesting Week 14 games because this is, you know, things are starting to come into focus a little bit in the NFL. Some things are fading out of focus in the NFL. God knows what's going on right now with this. Uh, this. Ravens Cowboys game where it looks like Des was the only uh, the only casualty of this COVID scare. Uh, well, a, a quick Des Bryant update. He tweeted that he is quitting for the rest of the season. He can't deal with this. Uh, so he's mad he wasn't allowed to play with coronavirus. I don't know. Maybe it's all <laughs> the setbacks in a row, like all the you know everything that's kind of gone on from you know getting signed with the saints to rupturing his achilles on mm-hmm. practice to now you're back you finally make the active roster you get signed off the practice squad after going up and down a couple of times and now it's like you're back you're about to play the team that 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 basically said we don't need you anymore and you're on the field and they're like covid <sighs> you got to come <laughs> off the field bro sorry like that is it's a lot to deal with from a mental standpoint. I don't know. Sure. I don't know how you deal with that. But he did. He did. He did tweet that he is. Uh, he's, he's taking the rest of the season off. So, well, that's probably know. not a wise move for a guy who hasn't actually done anything on the field. Not, not to you know make light of the four catches for twenty eight yards he has this season, but hasn't done anything on the field since twenty seventeen. So, I mean, look, if if you have an opportunity, I'm probably going to take it, especially when this Ravens team is in such desperate need of wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, he he found the perfect place to go and try to do this, to try to make that comeback, a team that needs bodies, especially at receiver. And it just it's a lot of just weird circumstances, you, you know, sit out. I don't know, whatever it is, I guess you got to miss two, two games. Yeah. yeah, so it, like... Come back, play week 16 and 17. This Ravens team is probably going to make the playoffs. Like, quit yeah. messing around. Kind of dicey right now. Um, especially, I don't know. I think they drop another game. They probably don't make it. This this Ravens team, third place in the, uh, in the conference behind, weird to say this, but the Steelers and the Browns. <laughs> the... Uh, 
big game. Well, I guess this Monday night is going to really determine everything. Their short week Monday night football against the Browns. And uh, if they drop that game, then I think the playoff hopes are probably over for the uh, yeah. for the Ravens. But they kind of match up with the Browns. The way you stop the Browns is you have to stop them on the ground. Now, yeah, for sure. The, the 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 Titans. Let's let's put let's put this lightly. The Titans' defense stinks. They're not good. So we watched Baker tear them apart through yeah. the air last week. But that's because the Titans' defense stinks, and mm. they've stunk all year. And like it, it's. To me, Baker looked great. Their their passing game looked awesome. Yeah. But it's because the Titans stink. Whereas the Ravens, at least from a secondary perspective, are are not anywhere near as bad. The oh no, they're top, very good. That secondary is outstanding. Yeah, so if you if you shut down the run game and force Baker to have to throw against an actually good defensive backfield, I think the Ravens have a, a, a viable shot here to stop the Browns uh, and, and calm them down a little bit, you know, and kind of right the ship. They have to right the ship tonight and beat the the Cowboys, but I think I think that's a very winnable game yeah. for the Ravens. Although I really, for for our fandom, it would be really great if the Cowboys won this one because the Eagles are done and the Cowboys just can't pick in front of them. Chris, what are you talking about? I uh, will talk. You... We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry to sorry to put a pin in that one for right now, but <laughs> the the Ravens sit number nine uh, in the uh, AFC in terms of the playoff picture. Top seven make it two games behind the Colts at eight and four for that final spot. So they're an uphill battle for sure, uh, especially with the Patriots playing a little bit better than they have in the past. But uh, yeah. We shall see. A loss tonight or a loss to the, the Browns next week and then Dunzo for the season. But what, what hurt the Ravens is the Deshaun Watson fumble on the one yard, like the two yard line against the Colts. Because that, that should be a touchdown and is a touchdown 99 times out of 100. Hmm. The game's over. The Colts can't come back. And now you're one game out as long as you win. You know what I mean? So that that is a, that's a, like a, two, especially if you lose tonight, that's a two game swing yeah. in the loss column. So. It's it's not good, but I, I still have faith that the Ravens can kind of right the ship a little bit here. All right, well let's let's talk about this. This is an interesting game. Thursday the tenth, also the day that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven release uh, re- releases on consoles. <laughs> I'm excited, although I won't get to play it until Christmas. Um, the <laughs> New England Patriots head to Los Angeles, so I guess Arizona to take on the. Are the Rams playing in Arizona? Where are the Rams playing? I think the Rams are still playing in L.A. Uh, is anybody allowed to play in L.A. right now? Regardless, the, the Patriots are playing the Rams. The Rams are technically the home team. They're playing in a location, and <laughs> Bavada has the Rams minus five and a half. The Patriots going out and just absolutely smashing the the Chargers, to me, I wasn't surprised. I, I wasn't surprised because... When you talk about Bill Belichick and, uh, you know, Bill Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. Like, Anthony Lynn has proved that he does not know how to win close games. And, like, there's a there's a coaching tier. And Bill Belichick's at the top of that coaching tier. And yeah. Anthony Lynn is not. So, the way <laughs> they true. went out there and just completely gotten Justin Herbert's head in his like they they just he they were unable he was unable to do anything against them and it just it just from a game plan standpoint just was never going to happen for the Chargers. Now, having said that, Sean McVay and Jared Goff have an opportunity to try to avenge obviously it's not Tom Brady anymore, but avenge a very bitter taste in their mouth from the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. And I I I, I uh, I want to take the Rams, but I know in I know I know the Patriots are going to cover. But I'm still going to take the Rams because of the scenario I just laid out of the Super Bowl being in the back of their head. McVay versus Belichick. Now he's mm-hmm. time to prove himself. He can still do it, or he can do it at, with the best. I have to go Rams. Do we think that Cam is starting to figure stuff out in this offense, or was last week kind of an anomaly? It's maybe. <laughs> but you go, you go back and you look at the way he plays. Like if he has to throw the ball, it's 
it's not the same cam. It's not 15 and one Carolina cam. Yeah. No, there, no. There's still something going on with the mechanics, with the shoulder. I don't know what it is exactly. If they're just going to run the ball the whole time and let let Damian Harris just eat the whole game and cams and and cam and Sony Michelle getting back in the mix, like I I, I don't I, I they certainly could just basically tightens their way uh, to con- contending for a playoff spot. Keep the ball on the ground, play as, as smash mouth up front football, running the ball, and just go from there and uh, throw it every once in a while. I'll tell you what, the the stats from this Patriots-Chargers game are like crazy, crazy, crazy stats because there's no way that you should have 126 yards passing. By the way, Cam, 3.6 yards an attempt passing. Uh, a completion, excuse me. And 165 yards rushing, so sub uh, sub 300 total yards of offense, and you score 45 points. I mean, that's it's like almost unheard of in today's NFL. Like it does, it does not happen. No, I mean it takes two defensive touchdowns, right? And uh, and uh, and what? And that that long kick return. Yeah, yeah. I mean. The Chargers, the Chargers special teams is just it leaves, it leaves everyone puzzled that watches their games. Like Badgley, for a team that went through like a thousand kickers, how is Badgley still their guy? Like that they just kind of got like, bored and they're like, whatever, this is fine. Like they gave up on Young Ho Ko, uh, Young Ho Koo after like one bad Monday night game, like the yeah. third game of his career, and now he's arguably one of the best kickers in football. Like it's it's just weird to me that they've stuck with Badgley for as long as they have. I don't get it. O of two all against the Patriots, and that is not what you want to see from your kicker. No, especially when one of them's blocked and returned for a touchdown. <laughs> like, good times. It's bad. <laughs> good times. Very bad. Yeah, San Diego fell apart. They were really interesting for a while, and you know it looked like Justin Herbert, especially after the Joe Burrow injury, was going to run away with Rookie of the Year. And now it seems like Justin Jefferson's probably going to run away with Rookie of the Year. The problem with Herbert is, like, I think I think it comes to a recency bias thing. Like, this last game was so bad, yeah. but I, I forget who I was listening to and they we were talking about how good Bill Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks. And it's just sort of a trap situation there. Sure. Like, he, he had... Like Belichick just knows... He knows how to manipulate those young guys and and figure out what they can take away from them and make them have to beat them a different way. And, and they just – Herbert wasn't able to adapt. That's something you eventually have to learn and figure out and, you know, how to read an offense or read a defense and, and change things and be aware of what's going on. And it's just – I don't think he was ready for that test. For sure. This game's interesting too here. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Bavada's got the Dolphins plus 7.5 at home, but – the over/under is sub fifty, so they that's like they simultaneously buy the Dolphins' defense a little bit and still think they're going to get their butts kicked. I, I just the Dolphins. The Dolphins to me are one of the most perplexing teams in the world because yeah. with with Fitzpatrick they looked good. Then Tua came in, and then he had the weird game where he was like benched for being bad, but also kind of hurt. Yeah, and then he missed the game, and and it's just. I don't know what to believe or make of the Dolphins. Like I think I think they they're they're almost too confusing of a team to be like, yeah, they could definitely they could definitely hang with Kansas City because I don't know if I don't know if they can. I don't know if their defense is, is good enough to stop all those weapons. Like the the chief the the one problem you get is though the Chiefs are on like autopilot. Mm-hmm. Like they should have absolutely smashed the Broncos with Drew Locke doing the the hand to the ear after a third quarter touchdown, which was an <laughs> interesting move. Um, first of all, there's like no. I mean, well, I guess Kansas City had a decent amount of fans, but like, uh, what are we? What are you doing? You're, Patrick Mahomes is on the other sideline, right? And there's eight minutes left in the third quarter. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what what that is, but. To me, like the, the Chiefs are kind of that team that's like, let's just let's just get to the postseason with everybody healthy. Like mm-hmm. we we don't have to run it up. Um, but I think I I, I kind of liked them in that spot in Miami. I really kind of do. Seven and a half isn't. It's nowhere near as high. Like a ten point game. I mean, Harrison Butker was like seven for seven on field goals <laughs> on Sunday night. Like those are drives that Kansas City typically finishes. Um, 
it, yeah, I, I can't I can't say that I'm I'm thoroughly like thoroughly in the Dolphins' corner here. I think the Chiefs are the way to go. Yeah, two has been really interesting. Four and one as a starter, six games played. He throws for 898 over those six yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. It just—it seems like it's a lot of dinking and dunking. It seems like it's a lot of playing it safe from two. I don't know if that's the game plan or that's just him not taking chances in his young career, but it's just such a wild variance in what you get from him. You get almost 300 yards last week. You get 83 yards the week before. Well, and it's definitely not like it's not what we saw in college. No, and maybe it's a weapons thing. Well, like maybe it's it's you know you're coming from arguably the best college program out there. If it's not one, it's two uh, that gets the most talent. You're talking about three wide receivers from there drafted in what like the first two rounds, maybe. Oh yeah, and you're gonna have two more first round picks this year from that team that he was playing with. So much easier to air it out uh, in those situations when really, if we talk about it, like Preston Williams is fine. Uh, he's, he's a fine receiver, but Devontae Parker is really the only guy on the outside that they have down there. And he's typically, you know, number one versus number one, yeah. you know, matchup week in and week out. Kasicki's looked all right. He's looked much more like the guy I expected him to be coming out of Penn State, uh, at least over the past couple weeks. But he also disappears a little bit, um, which can be concerning. Um, and they're running back game has been a carousel like they came into the season with Breida and Howard and Howard's now an eagle and I don't even know where Breida is so it's it's a situation where like you know they had uh Miles Gaskin was back Savion Ahmed Mm -hmm. I think was another guy from Cal um yeah like it's 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 been a little bit of a weird situation so I I, maybe they're just kind of easing him into the the offense and we'll just kind of go from there uh, but it's definitely a lot harder to to air the ball out to to those guys than it was, uh, you know, in Alabama. Yeah, the Alabama team is interesting, and specifically, Devontae Smith is really interesting. You're talking about a guy who is, you know, he's listed at six one. So let's say he's high five eleven, six foot. He's listed at one seventy five. He'll probably show up to the draft at one eighty five. So he's smaller than you want. He's not a burner. But no. he's like, there's a legitimate chance he's going to finish his career making a case as you know a top five receiver ever in the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, I, and we're seeing his draft stock starting to skyrocket too. By the way, when people talk about Devontae Smith being the best receiver in this class, the the amount of insult going to Jamar Chase is just it's it's unheard of. Jamar Chase was the best receiver on a team last year that included this year's probable rookie of the year, Justin Jefferson, and a guy who might end up being a second round pick in uh, in Terrence uh, Terrence um, Mitchell, which is Terrace, whatever Terrace something, <laughs> the big six four guy who's weirdly enough I remember his first name is Terrace, not Terrence, but I can't remember. If it's Mitchell, I want to say Ferguson, but obviously I know that's not right. Uh, T-R-A-C- so talent right there. Terrace, Terrace Marshall. I was so close. There we go. Terrace Marshall Jr., as a matter of fact. Um, Jamar Chase is so good. He's very good. And very, very, it, very He's good. the number one receiver, but Devontae Smith is outstanding. He's probably worth a top 10 pick, but let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on uh, on the, the insulting Jamar Chase. Well, they also forget Jalen Waddle, like because yeah, he got, got hurt, hurt early. Yeah, yeah, he's just kind of disappeared from everybody's thoughts because Mac Jones just continues to just air raid teams. Yeah. Um, but it, like he's he's still very talented, those, very very talented. Those speed guys they worry me though. As as we watch, like it's like who's the last pure speed guy that was immediately very good or even hit the expectations we had for him coming out of college. I was Tyreek Hill. Tyreek, I mean, I want to say DK, but DK, you know, ended up being a late second round pick. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I mean, and Tyreek was late. If you're talking if you're talking about first round picks, I don't know. Like, I, I look can't. at Ruggs this year, despite what Greg Williams allowed him to do on that last play of the game. Look at Rager this year, despite, you know, the fact that the Injury. the offense can't throw the ball and the injuries. So it just seems like it seems like they're never the guys that hit real quick it, it's the 
it's the technicians, it's the guys who maybe we underrated one aspect of their skill set and Justin Jefferson, it was his speed and ability to play as an outside receiver. I don't know. I just I don't know that I would uh I'm I would stay away from Waddle is my point. Chris, I don't know what you're talking about. John Ross has worked out excellent in Cincinnati, dude. Hey, like, I, he's been unbelievable. John Ross, fastest player in combine history, and I watched him play live in college. As when that that Washington team played uh, played Cal, I was sitting there in the front row in a weird situation. <laughs> I went with I went with Alexa and like a handful of her people from her uh, her cohort, and yeah, it's not a group that really cared much about football. Let's put it like that. I can only imagine that grouping. B- a bunch of bizarre health econom <laughs> health economists <laughs> in training. Um. Yeah, weird times. But I got to see John Ross play, and uh, that was back when we thought that quarterback had a chance to be uh, something something really interesting, and he just never really turned into anything. But, you know, Sidney Jones was also there. Buda Baker uh, was there. It was a, a lot of talent on that team. But uh, I don't know. Let's, let's hit one more game. What's another interesting one? Well, why not? Let's let's segue into our third topic. The New Orleans Saints head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Bavada has the Eagles plus seven, Gregory. Let's let's talk about the game, then we'll talk about the story surrounding it. <laughs> you're you're throwing like I, I almost have to take the Saints here because what'll happen is I'll take the Saints in an obvious they should cover situation. Rookie quarterback first start terrible situation on an offense, mm-hmm. a defense that has, has feigned interest in the last few games. Yeah. Um, I, to me, like I want to take the saints, but there's also the part of me where like, if this locker room is, is, as as disjointed as it has ever been, maybe the team steps up and changes and their actual effort is there for a different leader. Uh, similar to the situation we saw with Foles. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'm going to take the Eagles, but I could easily see them losing by 21 points. Like, and it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even question it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for the Bavada lines for the NFC East champion, and uh, they are off the table right now. So As they should be. I don't know, man. I would have liked to have seen what Vegas thinks is going to happen, but... So let's talk about the big story. Jalen Hurts, the new starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, announced earlier today, have to assume that this is going to be for the remainder of the season, barring any anything catastrophic happening. What do you think of it? I was tired of flip-flopping and hearing mm-hmm. about it and hearing about it. If you're going to do it, just do it. Carson is a professional quarterback. I understand that there is emotions involved and... and mentals or whatever mentals yes that's the big problem is the mentals if if you're going to do it just do it so i'm glad they're just doing it but now (laughs) let's not get ourselves sued here that's trademarked Uh, wait what's what's trademarked now i'm confused the phrase just do it gregory ah my apologies i I would like to Uh say let's just get it done all right just just get it done here is here's this is where it's the worst. And I said this a couple weeks ago with the people that blame everything on Wentz mm-hmm. are worse than the people that apologize for Wentz. Because now we are seeing Jalen Hurts treated as the savior of this team, which is unfair expectations on what Jalen Hurts can potentially do. For sure. For a couple of different reasons. We saw him come in. We saw him throw that fourth down touchdown pass to Greg Ward. Awesome. We also... Saw him throw a tip interception. Jalen Hurts didn't return that punt. That was Jalen Rager. Yeah. Different Jalen, same draft class. Hmm. Like, the, the, you're acting like Jalen Hurts was the reason that that punt got returned for a touchdown, and that makes no sense. It's like blaming Carson Wentz for letting Aaron Jones give uh, go 77 yards on your defense. I mean, in it, fairness, it, did Wentz make a tackle? Of course not. <laughs> there is there's a level of delusion in this fan in this in this fan group that makes zero no, sense to me. Not Philadelphia I, fans. There there was And we're shirt, allowed to uh, say that as Philadelphia fans. Exactly. There is a shirt that I saw that was put out there that had a two greater than eleven on it. Mm-hmm. Do we forget 
what Carson Wentz did last year? Do we forget that? Do we forget him taking no receiver over 500 yards receiving to the postseason? Dragging that team, dragging them with injury after injury and literally zero talent. Mm -hmm. Greg Ward was your best receiver, and Greg Ward is a fine third to fifth receiver on an NFL team. But he was your number one. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the... the just disrespect for what Carson Wentz did. Listen, Carson Wentz has been bad. He has been very, very bad. His reads are bad. He holds the ball too long in a lot of spots, which and, and the offensive line does him no favors. But this is an organizational fault. The organization did this to themselves. I want Jalen Hurts to win. I want him. I don't care who's playing quarterback. I want the Eagles to win because mm-hmm. that's what I want as a fan. But the organization caused their own demise and their own problems. They decided not to go out and try to add to this offense. The people they did add, Deshaun Jackson, didn't work out. Marquise Goodwin, who I forgot was even on the team, he unfortunately opted out. Perfectly reasonable situation. Alshon has been absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. A joke that he plays. A joke that he plays. I talked to Anshu about this earlier, and because uh, you know we we played the Packers last week, and that's uh, that's that's yeah. Anshu's group, and Anshu phrased it as Alshon was making business decision after business decision on the field. He was playing not to get hurt, and he succeeded, but he also didn't actually succeed in doing anything else but that. He doesn't want to be here. It's very hmm. obvious. Like then we have to find a way to get rid of him. And that's more than okay. But the organization created this problem and now they have to lie in it. They had, they signed Wentz to a $125 million deal, which by all accounts had to do it. It yeah. was the move to make everyone calling this the the birth of a dynasty when this was made. I saw someone say in an article from that day that this decision was the birth of a dynasty. Two days ago, when they when Hertz entered the game, they they said something else that it was like I can't believe that we had this uh, went signed to this contract uh, that's almost immovable. Why? Because the guy threw a touchdown against the prevent defense on fourth and twenty-two. Mm. Like that fourth and eighteen. Fourth and eighteen. Sure, that's what we're judging this on. That's what we're basing on. This is the new face of the franchise. And like I said, this has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. This has to do with a fan base that is delusional and a front office that is just as bad. They are just as bad. You did nothing to help the guy who you gave one hundred and twenty-five million dollars to. You drafted yeah. a quarterback in the second round after finally, finally getting away from the QB controversy storylines for a year, now that Nick Foles was gone and in Jacksonville. You brought it back into your house for no reason. It's no reason at all. You did this to yourself. You drafted a guy where you could have gotten uh, literally anything else to help the team. You drafted a guy who, best case scenario, if everything was going well, would never see the field, except for maybe a couple gimmick plays mm-hmm. as the season goes on. Well, what I, what I think is interesting is by playing Jalen Hurts, they create a scenario that didn't exist previously, where now there is a non-zero chance that the quarterback of the future and the quarterback that we'll look to as our starting quarterback next year is not a guy who's on the roster right now. Because if Jalen Hurts falls on his face, and by the way, not doing any, any favors by starting him against maybe the best defense in the NFC, that... No. You know, you don't have the opportunity to pick in the top five very often. That looks like where the Eagles are are heading. They're six right now, with not a ton of uh, not a ton of wins left on that schedule. There, there's a really good chance if Doug does get fired, that the next quarterback. <laughs> I the irony of this is it might be Trey Lance from North Dakota State. It would uh-huh. a North Dakota State guy replacing Carson Wentz. It is. It is inconceivable how quickly this team plummeted from a Super Bowl championship to a complete laughing stock. And yeah. it's all based off of Howie. This is Howie's... I, I think he gets too much blame for this. I, I agree that that the cap situation is a disaster right now, but that's always been his strategy. It's like it's like the Greg Williams thing. Greg Williams gets all this shit for running the running a zero against, you know, in that, that Hail Mary situation. But that's what... That's what Greg, Greg, Greg Williams does. He does it every single time against those situations. He goes zero. He tries to get pressure on the quarterback. Didn't work out this time. It's worked in the past. 
Howie is a guy who wants to push money into the future to maintain cap flexibility for right now. What ended up happening that we couldn't expect was there was a global pandemic that would cause the the NFL to lose billions of dollars. And that cap dropped by 40 to $50 million from where we expected it to be totally screwing the Eagles. Yeah, well, that that obviously doesn't doesn't bode well for the situation. But my talk is, my, my conversation is more about the evaluation of players and talent and mm-hmm. putting people in the position to win. Where Howie was masterful was when you had a guy on a rookie contract, and we saw this with Russell Wilson. Uh, we saw this uh, with the Carson Wentz situation when the Eagles won the Super Bowl with, as, with Foles as the quarterback. But they had a cheap QB option. They filled the team out the way they had to with actual talent. Now you have to reverse the situation, right? Because now you're paying guys big money, especially coming off a Super Bowl, and you saw Seattle struggle with it a little bit, but you have to get better through the draft. You cannot miss, Mm -hmm. and all we do is miss. We miss left and right on guys. It's it, and you obviously have the flashy ones. You have the Arcega Whitesides over Metcalf. Yeah. You have you know the, the innumerable ones. The the new one is that people love to point out is Devonte Adams, and I don't even remember. Uh, who drafted. You can't worry about Devonte Adams was a second round pick. I don't I don't blame people too badly for the second round picks, but this this is Howie's fault because all the reports have come out that said. Howie overruled the scouting department on both the first and second round picks this year. Scouting department wanted Justin Jefferson and Jeremy Chin. Howie pushed for Jalen Rager. And uh, and by the way, some of that may have been Jeffrey Lurie as well. And uh, Jalen Hurts. And I don't even mind the Rager pick because you don't know what you have. Yeah. One, because the offense is incompetent. Wentz has been bad. The O-line is Swiss cheese. Nothing. You have no idea what you have in Rager. You saw flashes of brilliance with that punt return. Maybe let him turn his speed on just once. Let him yeah. run deep. I don't it know, is crazy Doug. that they don't throw a deep ball to him at least once a game. Like, call a go route. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, actually, it was last night. It was last night in the Pittsburgh game. Washington catches a quick, like, five-yard pass, like, right to him. He makes the defender miss, and he's gone for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. 55 yards or something like that. When is the last time we saw an Eagles receiver do that? Well, let me take it one step further. And I mentioned this earlier to Anshu today during Underdogs. Well, when is the last time we saw Carson or any Philadelphia Eagles quarterback hit a receiver in stride, allowing him to turn up field and pick up yards after the catch? It's never that situation. It's always a comeback or something across the middle. And the the yards after catch is minimal at best. We we don't have the we don't throw the slants anymore. We don't throw the goes. We don't give guys chance to pick up yards, and it's frustrating. And I don't think it has so much to do with the wide receivers, and so much as the play calling and everything else. I saw a couple of weeks ago. I may have said this before. I thought it was incredibly apropos. Um, somebody said to me that you know we, all we talk about is JJ over DK, but if we had DK, we'd be talking about how DK sucks and we missed on Terry McLaurin. It's just, it's the offense, not the player. Although JJ does suck. Yeah, well, I I do agree with you that there there is a coaching level to all of this. So you, you, like, they don't put guys in the positions they need to be put in. Someone needs to explain to me how Jordan Howard can take more snaps than Miles Sanders. Crazy. And you hate Miles Sanders. It, exactly, exactly. That is the point where they have pushed me to with this team, where I am not the biggest Miles Sanders fan in the least. But you can't tell me that the guy that joined the team on Wednesday, who was a cast-off in Miami, who was clearly not that good last year, you cannot tell me he needed to be on the field more than the guy who came into the season as your starting running back. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. The whole thing's bizarre. The team stinks. I want Jalen Hurts to win. I just want the Eagles to win. I hate going into Sunday night football and them going over the highlights on, on uh, football mm-hmm. day in America or whatever it's called. And just watching the Eagles be on the losing end every single week. It is infuriating. It's frustrating. I don't care who the quarterback is. I just want to win, but the Eagles did this to themselves. It stinks. They stink. <laughs> Everyone stinks. And not only are they not giving booby carries, but he's third in the NFL in yards per carry. And they just refuse to give him the ball for whatever reason. I I was asked, who do you blame for this offense, specifically the passing offense being as bad as it is? I say it's 50% Doug Peterson, who deserves to be fired. 
I think it's 35% Carson Wentz, who probably doesn't deserve to be replaced long-term, and 15% Press Taylor, who wants to be best friends with Carson Wentz instead of holding him accountable. Yeah, I can agree with all that. I and I don't necessarily know if Doug wants to be fired. No, I said deserves think, to be fired. Oh, deserves, yes, absolutely. I think the weird there is this weird dynamic that almost makes me think Chip Kelly was right. Yeah, that's that's Roseman, troubling. In, in the Harry Roseman Chip Kelly debacle that was those years of of the Philadelphia Eagles, to overrule your scouting department mm-hmm. like it's. Uh, if you're forcing you're forcing a change, the change I, 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 we'll talk about it next week because I, I I know how this is going to play out. Yeah. It's going to play out in Hurt, one of two ways. Hurts throws Either for I 350 am. yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, and the Eagles win by 40. Mm-hmm. And somehow they leapfrog the Giants and the Reds uh, football team uh, into first place. Yeah, like, which that's just... is impossible, by the way. But we'll figure that out. Oh, jeez, it's. Uh... I was happy when the NFL came back, and now I'm just I'm miserable. 13 weeks into the season, I'm just done. I'm just I'm exhausted. Well, by the way, it's crazy. It's week 14. I've been uh, I said this to you uh, via text, but I'm going to put this out there in the universe. Next year, the Eagles come back. Joe Brady's their head coach. Daniel Jeremiah is the general manager. This is this is the 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 world I want to live in. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to literally any of that. I wouldn't be opposed to any of it. Can- I don't. Give me a genius young offensive guy and a guy who, at at the very worst, you're guaranteeing two to three outstanding drafts. That's fine. I'm more than fine. Give me all of that, actually. All right. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Underdog is giving everyone. Mentioned this at the top of the show. It's time to bring it up one more time before we get out of here. Underdog is bringing a brand new gambling podcast, Better's Delight, hosted by this guy Greg Crone to the network. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You should do that so you don't miss an episode. That'll be out later this week. This has been You're Wrong and Here's Why. I've been Chris Horwardell. He's been Greg Crone. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.